Everything is awesome. Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Good morning. Good. We are in the morning. We are in the morning. Top of the morning to all of you listeners. I know everybody just dives to whatever whatever time this podcast is released on Wednesday mornings. Yep. It's great to start the day with you. We should just think of ourselves as a morning show. Should we? Well, if it's like morning, like sadness, perhaps. Morning. Oh, M- oh I get what you did there. Yeah, you yeah, see what I did yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. But we're happy, not morning over the calves. Happy Valentine's Day. Wait, when's that? It's about three weeks ago. Yeah. Wasn't that your birthday? No. When's your ordination, though? May 4th. Really? The, the Star Wars Day? Yeah. We've had, we must have had this conversation yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, 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 I just... A every, time or four. It, it just... It's just so exciting. Every time it makes you happy. Yeah. Every time it makes me happy. You know, I joke about when I get older and I lose my memory, I've told my family, all you need to do is just keep playing The Empire Strikes Back over and over again. And you'll be happy. And at the end of every movie, I'm going to be like, what? He's his father? No so, way. That is so good. And that's just going to be a happy life for me. It sounds phenomenal. To yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, yeah, the Cavs won. With the Cavs, they more than won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just... It was dirty. It was they 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 were winning by thirty. I don't know what the final score was. I don't know either. Yeah, it was a long day. So we started, and we'll talk a little bit later about uh, with Amber's funeral, um, mm-hmm. and then we went from there straight up. Well, straight up with about a four hour lunch. Uh, it was a little bit of a long lunch. Stopped, it uh, was it was a the uh, it was a slow paced Ohioan lunch. And people talk about how uh, Deacon and I are different, and we're just different. We oh, just, I, I thought you were about to say, but really, we bonded in ways that, did we have the same day? I felt like we got, I thought we had a breakthrough in group. It was a great day, but we just, we're just different. I mean, I'm not sure you and I should ever actually travel a long distance <laughs> together. I just, we do things I'm still mad you didn't want to go to the Apple store. We do things differently. I thought like us hanging out in a mall, we could go to, the, we could go to the arcade. Gee. It would have been so cool. So fantastic. So it would fantastic. have been great. Whatever. It was great to see the Cavs on the winning end of things. I, I remember just, it was just a couple seasons ago that the Cavs would be the other team in the 30-point deficit. Yeah, so we had an alumni event up we there. We did, so yeah. We that, had an alumni event with 21 alumni. It was. It's always fun. It's just always fun to great. catch up with people and see people. We started with Mass at the Cleveland Cathedral, which is so beautiful. It really is beautiful. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was recently renovated. Is it St. John Beloved or is uh, it St. John, John the Evangelist? St. John the Evangelist. Okay, okay, John okay, the Evangelist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to the game. Yeah. So some people, uh, Julie in particular, is saying that you and I bicker a lot. She said we bicker. She's wrong. More. She's, she's, she's wrong. She's not wrong. She's she wrong. So she right. is so wrong. She is so right. Uh. More than that, what did she say? Some like her children. Couple. She says she said oh. something along the effect of that she wants to just show up and slap us around when we start bickering and tell us to stop, which might be a good fundraiser. <laughs> Actually, that's not bad. We could, yeah, you could, you know, maybe uh, maybe this would be a good day that table. hope thing. Yeah, we, we'll invite you into our podcast, and when we start bickering, you can just start whacking us. There'd be, yeah, there'd be a lot of hitting going on. There would be. And she also shared that um, her husband is not Ren is not an alumni of the university, and. So they're alumni in laws or alum laws or something like Ooh, that. Oh, we should yeah, find yeah. a good. We'll figure that out. Alumna law. Alumna law. Alumalagala. Oh. There we go. Yeah. But it was fun. But because it was a long day, uh, I think 
you said at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they were up by 30. And, and Bob and I said, <laughs> we're out of here. Well, Dave turned to me and he said, so how deep into the fourth quarter can we leave? And I just said, oh, we're not even getting to the we're fourth quarter. We made it to the end of the third. We said goodbye, everybody. And it was great. I mean, it, thanks to everybody who showed up. You know, uh, when we did it in previous years, they weren't as good. And right. there was a lot more room. And tickets to, were less expensive. Tickets were less expensive. There was more room to hang out. This time it was like a, oh, well, we got a game going on and we're going to watch it. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll think about better ways if we keep doing that to engage. It was also bobblehead night of who? Oh, who Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Yes, that was a huge win. Yeah. And thanks to, again, uh, to Julie and Ryan, who gave me their bobbleheads because they didn't want their kids fighting over it. And then I could give them to my kids who fought over them. There you go. And I gave one to my niece. We stopped by on the way home we did. Uh, and just dropped off my, my niece and she was thrilled. So yeah, yeah, it was good. It was great. It was great. Good game. Uh, uh, real quick, baseball spring training going along just okay. fine. And we're getting closer. This is championship weekend uh, for college basketball. In a week, in about a week, we'll have the brackets Okay. for the NCAA March Madness. I hear Houston. Houston is playing really, really well. Is number one. They just yeah. won with a last second shot over Sydney. Right. And Purdue is just being Purdue. I mean, being they, Purdue. They're the boiler makers. They're making boils. They're boils. They're boiling. So... We'll, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that for you, folks. Uh, we know you're wondering. In fact, you probably woke up this morning and said, gee, I wonder what's going on in NCAA men's basketball. So. Well, just two more sports updates because that's uh -huh. why people listen to the yep. podcast. Uh, Major League Soccer began. So that season is off and okay. running. That's awesome. Uh, the Columbus Crew with defeated great, with great DC fanfare. United 2-0. That was excited. But, of course, the big, the big sports thing. Professional bowling. The Iditarod. Has begun. Mm. That's cool. They only have 31 mushers this year. Oh, I'll bet you, like, some people really protest that probably, right? I don't know. I don't know. So if you don't know the Iditarod, it's the Alaskan Iditarod. It's a, it's that thing where you got, like, a bunch of dogs and you're on a sled. I used to do that when I was a kid with my dog. It was a one dog Iditarod. Yeah, and it was just really about get, half a block. But you didn't get very this, far. This Iditarod is like a thousand miles. It's like insane. You know, they like have to make igloos and whatnot. I mean, do we ever have a Franciscan team? We're working Iditarod? on it. Iditarod. You know who needs to do that? What's that? Father Gregory. We're working on it. I mean, he's already conquered the ultra marathon. You're right. You're right. We just, um, it, it'd be an interesting group of dogs. Like we could have your dog. We should have just regular <laughs> house pets. Yeah, like no right, dog right. over 40 pounds. Just cute. Just okay, we'll the, start, just we'll the cuteness. The we'll cuteness. Look, we'll, we'll the cutest I did around ever. I think that's one of the awards you can win. We're totally. And speaking of awards, mm. we're going to spend a moment or two to catch people up because I know you're wondering about this. The Oscars are the evening of Sunday. I think this Sunday, whatever that Sunday is. This Sunday. Is, I think so. Didn't they just release the nominees? No. Oh. No. So oh, it's either so this, it's this Sunday, Sunday or next. I, th I believe it's this Sunday. Okay. So um, for the best picture, most of these I've not seen. Um, interesting, All's Quiet on the Western Front, I guess a new release of that. Is that one of the best pictures? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that uh, on like Netflix or something? You know, the um, weird thing about some of these things now is they can yeah, they can right. they can nominate things that just go right to streaming. So you don't even you don't even necessarily see an advertisement for some of these things. Correct. So All's Quiet All's Quiet on the Western Front is one. Okay. Avatar the what Way was that of Water. About? Wait, it's a have, World War II movie. Was it? Who yeah. was in it originally? I don't know. Avatar, oh. The Way of Water. Yeah, okay. Um, the Banshees of Inisherin. No idea what that is. Elvis got Oscar best. Did you nominee. see Elvis? I did. On a plane? Yep. How mm -hmm. was it? It was okay. It was a, a lot 
really kind of focusing on his agent. What was his name? Colonel Brooks or something. Oh yeah, wasn't like that, that Tom Hanks? With that, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, well, if Tom Hanks is in the movie, that's what you're going to focus yeah, on. Yeah. So everything, everywhere, all at once, and that's the one you that meant you mentioned that. Right. Uh, it, that won the um, the Screen Actors Guild okay. Award for Best Ensemble, which is usually a tell of, of who will come. get the best picture. Okay, The Fablemans. Tar. Have you seen The Fablemans? I haven't seen any of these, but Top Gun. Well, Fablemans is a Steven Spielberg film, and I guess it's somewhat autobiog- autobiographical. It's kind of like magical, and I've actually wanted to see it. Okay, nope. Yeah. Tar. Tar? That. Yep. Like just like the, tar. the sticky substance, T-A-R? Yep, Top Gun Maverick. Sure. Which we've seen Triangle of Sadness, which oh. sounds like a fun film. Yeah, I was going to say. And Women Talking, no comment. So those are the Is it films. called Women Talking No Comment or no, I'm just, just not allowed women, to make You're just not allowed to make Why a would I make I made a comment on all the movies. Stop. Well, I just haven't seen that movie. Okay, That's so all I'd like to say. We haven't seen most of them. So we have no idea who's going to win if Top Gun Maverick wins, my mother's going to have a conniption. So In a happy way? No, she's not a fan. She's We've wait, talked whoa, about that. We've talked about this. That she didn't like Top Gun Maverick. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, Margie. Yes. yes. Um What was the so, what was her one major critique of Top Gun? Tom Cruise. Oh. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's re- you know, sometimes I, th- there's only a few roles that I can forget that Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in that role. And that's one of them. So those are the best movies. You have a, a call? Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. Which I hear is very good. Okay. And I'm going to I mean, go... it's no cocaine bear, which I no, assume no. will be the lead it of will the be. next year's. Let's not, bear, let's not bear the lead on that one. <laughs> uh, and and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict it's going to be the Banshees of Insurance. Which I guess I have done. Did you even pronounce that correctly? I don't even know. No. Okay. Actors in a leading role. Okay. Um, Austin Butler, who played Elvis. Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inishirin. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser in The Whale. He's going to win. Okay. Paul Meskel in After Sun and Bill Knightley in Living. All right. So we're going with Brendan. Do you know about The Whale? Nothing about him. Well, I know about a whale. Do you know about Brendan Fraser? No. Uh, it's a, it, the, the Whale is a story of like a massively obese person uh, and just kind of the trials of that mm-hmm. and Brendan Fraser um, plays the lead in it and apparently it's breathtaking like all the reviews of him were like because you know when Brendan Fraser first kind of appeared on the scene as a young actor everybody was saying he's the next Brando he's the next whatever and then he kind of did a lot of silly movies the mummy movies and stuff and anyway many people are just saying like this is why everybody always thought he was such an incredible actor so, okay and I believe it's going to be Judd Hirsch. Wait, what movie was he in? Um, Breakfast Club. Fablemans. Oh, okay. Wait, no, that's actors in a supporting role. I'm going to go with um, Bill Knightley in Living because it's. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Bill Knightley. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Okay. Um, this so, is the most riveting. I'm so glad you thought of this segment. And then the last one is. Well, I didn't think it was going to go on quite as long as it is. Yeah. So uh, actress. And neither did actress, anybody listening. Actress in a leading role. Uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar. Okay. Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Risenborough in To Leslie, mm-hmm. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle is it Yeo? Yeah. In Everything Everywhere and All at Once. She's I gonna go win. With her. She's I, gonna go win. I said it first. No, no, she's no, gonna I win. I, I think she won the screen actor. You have to say one well. of the others. Oh, what are my other options? Um you say Kate Blanchett. Okay. So those are your Oscar nominees, folks. Uh, keep an eye on that and we will keep Wait, you can you open it back up? Supporting actors. No. Uh, no, I just want to, I have a question because I want to know if Short Round's in it. Uh, supporting actors. Um, actors, actors, no. supporting. No. Wait. It's not. Is the guy from everything? Yes, look. He's in it. So the guy, so can you say his name? I can't, I can't read it upside down. 
and everything everywhere all at once. Kai Kao or something like that. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Kai Kwan. Um, uh, he he played. Uh, he's in everything everywhere all at once. But he was short round in Indiana Jones and the we Temple almost, of Doom. We almost got out and of this. We almost got in, out of this. Section. And he was in Goonies. Well, now we're making it interesting because people almost, actually care about an Indiana Jones. We almost and got out of this section, but no, you, you tried to get out and you pulled us right back in because it was interesting. At least what I said was interesting. Here's something interesting. For over 30 years, Franciscan University Presents has aired on EWTN. Currently hosted by our very own Father Dave, each episode features engaging discussions with some of the world's top Catholic scholars and leaders. We talk about everything from church teaching and prayer to how to navigate issues in our culture today. Well, now you can listen to these episodes on the go with our new Franciscan University Presents podcast. That means you can enjoy Franciscan University Presents while commuting, working out, or making dinner with the family. New episodes will be released every month. Listen to the Franciscan University Presents podcasts on major podcast apps or visit faithandreason.com. That's faithandreason.com. So are they going to release the po- the uh, episodes ones? that I hosted? I'm not sure if they're. I don't they know should. If they're going to do back. back I would like an email. I'd like all the listeners to do an email campaign mm-hmm. to Franciscan. You can just do it at hope at franciscan.edu and demand that they release free Bob Rice, free the Bob Rice. Franciscan episodes. University presents episodes. There were thirteen of them, and each one was glorious in its own way. The people were clamoring for it. That's right. Oh, but and you were thing, one of the guests. I was, I was when I hosted. I was, I was. We're doing an interesting thing, actually. As everyone knows, you just mentioned that EWTN hosts that show or, or uh, broadcasts that show. Mm-hmm. We're doing a conference this weekend. That's right with in EWTN, uh, DC, in at Washington the, D.C. That'll be exciting. At the Bible Museum. It really will be. We're it's, not going to do a live podcast there. We had talked about doing it before, but yep. it just didn't work out schedule wise. Yep, but it'll be great. It's uh, just an interesting topic on how do you deal with journalism and. When everybody, everybody is just so biased, how do you really get to the truth, especially when we live in a world that believes there isn't truth, so it'll be fun this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to, I'm to I've got some meetings down in Florida, and then I'm off to Washington, D.C. You're traveling this week? No, okay. no, I'm just teaching classes. And then you leave next week for a mission? Yeah, I'm doing a parish mission, a studentville mission in Staten Island. How do you spell Staten? Is it with an E? I don't know. I don't know. I think it is. Um, And when do you leave on that? Um, not this Sunday, but like the next Sunday. Okay, we have to figure out. We'll figure it out. We always we're, do. Where we're all going to be. We always do. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a complicated couple of weeks. But uh, so we, as we I mentioned earlier, we were very blessed to be able to attend Amber's funeral. Uh, yeah. Bob did the music, and which was an honor. I was so thrilled that Dave reached out to me, and he was funny. He's like, "If you don't want to, it's okay." I'm yeah, like, yeah. dude. Seriously, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge honor. So, no, it was just really beautiful. Um, Maybe we should like fill in listeners. We don't want to assume that everybody just knows the story. So, yeah, you, yeah. you were close to her. So, yeah, we, we can. We've chatted a bit. It's, uh, yeah, Amber graduated from Francis University. Uh, she and her husband both graduated. Um, yeah, I've just known him for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, Amber, she was in Metanoia 
David has been in, in all the series that I've done, but Amber was in Metanoia as well. And you guys, you re-edited a video. They can see that at wildgoose.tv. Yeah, or just YouTube. If you just uh, go on YouTube and, and put in Amber and Dave Van Vickle. Yeah. And it's really beautiful because she's really telling her story. That, uh, Amber and David have uh, two children. They've got five kids, um, but two children that were born and have significant, significant uh, difficulties and disabilities and one has a spina bifida and one has muscular dystrophy. So that was, you know, that was difficult enough. Right. And then about three years ago, Amber was diagnosed with cancer and she just passed away last week and just journeying with them uh, during the whole, I mean, all the questions that, that anyone asks. And that's one of the things that I just reflected on is uh, Amber, Amber says in this video that you alluded to that as soon as she was able to surrender, she was able to find Jesus. Yeah. You know, she said, in that act of surrender, I found God, I found Jesus. And and that was the thing that I just, I give a little sharing at the at the funeral, just reflected on that, that oftentimes we have questions about why and, and why does this, things like this happen and and where is God in the midst of all that. And, and it was interesting, I just shared that uh, a lot of beautiful, wonderful things that have been said about Amber that I absolutely agree with. Yes. But also that, that I recognize that Amber struggled with these things, right. you know, as, as does any Christian. I, one of the things I always, we, and you, you know, I've talked about this over the years is I love Jesus in the garden the night before he dies. And, and he wrestles with this, you know, because he was, he was fully human and, and knowing that there was going to be difficulty and suffering and pain. And he says, father, if this cup could pass and, and Amber said a thousand times, right. you know, if, if this cup could pass, if there was another way, or she also did wrote an article, I believe it was from the NCR. I'm not positive about when miracles don't come, yeah. you know, because she prayed for her, particularly her daughter, Lulu, that they were hoping that things would, would work out a little bit better than they did. And it's just a beautiful, honest, authentic article about all of us have prayed for miracles. All of us have prayed for healing. Sometimes they come, yeah. sometimes they don't. And she talks about that. So it's just a really beautiful. There's 17 priests, a bishop that was really it was yeah, just it was a, beautiful. It was just a, it was a wonderful <laughs> celebration. It was a wonderful time of worship. And and sorrow. I, I mean, I, I was really grateful when you shared some of that, Father Dave, because obviously there are so many um, holy things about Amber, and she was saintly. And I, I think part of her saintliness, though, was the her humanity. You know, there's something about um, knowing that people struggle and that we find faith in the midst of the struggle. I think the the stereotype should be that we don't struggle or we don't question you know I, you know whether it's jesus in the garden or even jesus falling you know i was mm -hmm. as i was praying for uh, the van vickles i was you know leading uh, stations of the cross on friday and and just you know jesus falling three times and eventually needing help carrying his cross and just how beautiful that is that it, it, it's just so clear that jesus gave everything and if he hadn't mm -hmm. fallen you might wonder did he have something left? Yeah, you know, like yeah. if it, you know, if he was like a quote unquote superhero, you know, he'd take his cross and then he'd and grab the other, the he'd grab the other two crosses of the other guys. And then he'd just kind of, you know, put them on his shoulder and run and tell the Romans keep up with me, you know, and then lay him out on the you know ground and say, which one's mine, you know? And, and, and no, that's Jesus was fully God and fully man was fully human. He, in his humanity, he struggled physically, he struggled emotionally. And, and I think that's just so beautiful when you hear a story of Amber, who is also struggling physically and struggling emotionally. The, the question isn't whether or not we struggle. The question is, where do we 
where do we put that struggle? Mm-hmm. Like, who do we struggle with? Mm-hmm. And and we allow Christ in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our suffering. And and that, I think, is a more profound witness of holiness than somebody who, you know, just, Never struggles. just shrugs mm-hmm. it off and says, I can take it. You know? Yeah, I remember somebody came up to me recently, and we were just talking about the spiritual life, and and she prays the rosary every day. And she says, you know, I pray the rosary every day, but I'm such a bad Catholic because... I, I don't particularly enjoy it. You know, it's not something that I just love and I can't wait to pray the rosary. And I said, which is more virtuous? You know, the person who actually loves to pray the rosary every day and, and prays the rosary every day and there's no, man, you just do it because you love it. Or the person who's made a commitment to it and doesn't necessarily get, quote unquote, something out of it every right. time. But there's the faithfulness, there's continuing uh, to be faithful to the promise that she made. God just sees us very, very differently, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Very so differently true. than we do. And, right. And what we judge is yeah. virtuous or um, successful or, or that kind of thing. That's, and, and, and it's really, it always, the older we get, Bob, yeah. um, it, it, it so oftentimes comes down to finding the Lord in the midst of the struggle. Right. You know, it just is. It, and life is, life is difficult. And, and when we are able to find the Lord in the middle of it, we're not able, we're not always surprised. It's like, oh my goodness, something bad happened. Right. Uh, there's a sense of freedom that comes with that a sense of his peace, his presence, his healing. Well, and even, you know, you mentioned that God sees us very differently. You know, we end up seeing God very differently. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that, like I, I reflected, you know, just the question, like Amber loved the Lord, Amber suffered, where's the Lord, right? You know, like we actually find it really hard to reconcile. I remember reading C.S. Lewis's book, The Problem of Pain, Mm -hmm. which was a whole attempt to deal with the question of suffering. And something he he said just still strikes me. He said, you know, this question of, or this, this seeming contradiction of suffering and a loving God is really more of a modern concept in Western culture. He said, think about how religious previous cultures were. And they didn't even have aspirin. (laughs) Like, you know, like they, there was suffering and death on a massive scale. You know, like we in our Western society have essentially eliminated seeing people suffer. You know, we, we have hospitals, we have nursing homes, we have hospice care. But for most of humanity, there was always somebody dying. There was, you know, if you broke a bone, you're, you're crippled for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, if you had a cap, you know, like you just yeah, think exactly. of, you just think of those things. And so what he was arguing is he said, now, actually the people were more religious back then than they are today. So, you know, maybe the problem is our perception of instant gratification, what we think, you know, God is about what we think society is about or happiness is about. And, um, you know, that it, that it isn't a contradiction. If it, his, his whole point was, I may be belabored that too long, but if suffering means that God doesn't exist, then humanity would have never believed that God existed right, right. because the humanity has suffered far more over history. And then you think of, you know, when I go to Haiti or other places, and they suffer way more than we would, quote-unquote, in our American right, right. society, at least of some of the physical needs, and they're entirely religious people, so... Right. Right, and, and, and I think that's been one of the, I don't know, one of the bad things. I think there's a lot of bad things about the internet is that it makes this known to you more. You know, a hundred years, five hundred years ago, we would not have known that. You know, there was that train crash in, um, in Greece. Right. We we wouldn't have known of of things like that, or there was a huge tsunami somewhere. It just right. the world was much more, 
yeah, it, it didn't have a, such a global view. And, and I think this all stirs on this. Like we hear these bad things happening and, and it breaks our heart. And how do you deal with this? And how do you wrestle with this? And then when something like Amber comes, it's, it's so profoundly personal. Yeah. It just continues to invite us to these questions. And I think one of the greatest lies of the evil one is just that. It's that it's not supposed to be difficult. It's not supposed to be pain. Right. It's not supposed to be suffering. Uh, and, if, and if we're not able to reconcile that, um, the spiritual life just becomes much more difficult. Um, it becomes a burden. It becomes a, a law or weight uh, rather than a God who actually loves us in the midst of that. And that's that's what Amber discovered. I think that's what the Lord invites us to discover in the midst of whatever whatever your difficulty is, great or small, Yeah, that Jesus is present. And I just think Full of how, stop. you know, I, I love the, the cross that John Paul II carried, yeah, you know, yeah. with, you know, the wood that's like bent down, you know, just the weight of the world. And I, I just think of all the, the things that I know about that like bring me to my knees. And you mentioned just the world, like God who is aware of all of the suffering, all of the prayers going on and, and desires to enter into that. I think we have, I think we desire a God who would fix our suffering, which would show his power. But instead we have a God who enters into our suffering, which shows his love. And that is a radically different, um, that's a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, he, he's already shown us his power. If you'd like to see his power, look through a telescope, look at the mountains, but if you want to see the his, mirror, yeah, look in the mirror, but if you want to see his love, look at the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's partly, you know, that, that's a really folk. That's not partly, that really is the focus of our Lenten season mm-hmm. that we would suffer with him. The word compassion literally means to suffer with. Yeah, yeah. So when the Lord has compassion on us, it's a God that suffers with us. So our prayers uh, go out to the Van Vickel family. Um, and the Medici's, Amber was a Medici. That's right, the Medici family. And certainly our prayers are going out for any of you all as suffering or knowing those in suffering. And uh, that's the hope. You know, that's the message of hope that Christ is faithful, Christ is present in the midst of those things. And uh, I think that leads us nicely to our Sunday reading. But first, I, I do have another uh, promotional thing okay, okay. Uh, to mention. Uh, and this is another student of ours, uh, Ashley, is it Kovacs? Yes. Great. I did it right. Um, Ashley is involved with a group called Petra Fitness, Pietra Fitness, P-I-E-T-R-A Fitness, and you can find it at pietrafitness.com. It is a stretching and strengthening program rooted in Christian prayer of the Catholic tradition. Essentially, it's a great alternative uh, for yoga for Catholics. Uh, you know, there's some concerns over the spirituality that might be imbued within yoga, and they uh, find a really beautiful Christian Catholic way to do that. So if you want to check out uh, some work of our alumni, you can go to Pietra Fitness, P-I-E-T-R-A Fitness.com, and stretch for Jesus. They should have called it Stretching for Jesus. They should have. That catchy. I know. N- be nice on a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Especially like a stretchy t-shirt. Yes. So uh, the gospel on Sunday is certainly one of my favorites. One of yours? Is it fair to say one of our favorites? One of our favorites. Okay. Absolutely. So it's taken from John 4, and it's the woman at the well. And it is a long gospel. So I'm actually not going to read the whole gospel. Um, just We all know the story, right? The woman goes out in the middle of the day. Scripture says that it's noon. Uh, John, pay attention to everything John says. The reason John gives a time, it's because it's important. Yeah, uh, It's noon because nobody goes to get water at noon. 
the women would go early in the morning or in the evening. And, and I say it's the women because it was the job of the woman uh, in Jesus' time. So in John's gospel, when he says it's a man getting the woman, you have to ask a question, what's going on here? Or the man getting the water, Yes. what's going on here? So in she goes out at noon because she doesn't want to be seen. She's tired of, of people talking behind her back. She's had not one, not two, not three, but multiple husbands. Um, she goes to the middle middle of the day when it's hottest. There's actually a, a well that was closer to her town, but she walks several kilometers to get water because she just doesn't want to see anybody. And she encounters Jesus. And what I want to reflect on today is, is the, the, the transformation that takes place in this woman. Uh, again, and, and I think it's significant that she goes and she encounters Jesus and they have this conversation about water and about thirst, and, and it's obviously much deeper than just the water of the well. And and Jesus sees her. Jesus speaks to her. Uh, you know, it's good. He says, I, I, know you, I know the husband you're with is not your husband because you've had five. And, and just like just sears into her soul. I love at the end of the scripture when he, many of the Samaritans in the town began to believe because of the word of the woman who testified he told me everything that I've done. So I just love this image of her running around the town, running around the village, yeah. the same woman who didn't want to be seen. It's like, you've got, he knows everything about me, right? And then at the very end of the scriptures, it says, we no longer believe because you told us we believe because we've seen for ourselves. That's the nature of evangelization. But I love the image. It's, it's, um, there's this paradox that happens is that we are, we are afraid to be seen, and yet the deepest desire of our heart is, in fact, to be seen. And this woman goes out in the middle of the day so she would not be seen. And she was seen. Jesus sees her. He sees her heart, knows everything about her, and still loves her and still cares for her. That same woman who who didn't want to be seen is now running around everywhere okay with being seen. And, and what that says is that when we're seen by Jesus, the one who really loves us, it actually heals us. That once we're, once we're seen by the beloved, we don't care who sees us because in, in the depths of our brokenness and our fear and the depths of, depths of whatever's going on in our heart that we want to hide, once he looks at that, and once he sees that, it transforms it. It changes it. It's, we're no longer riddled with shame uh, or, or necessarily regret, but the Lord is able. So I love the, the transformation. It's really the journey of Lent. And each, each one of us are invited to the transformation that this woman experiences by just merely being seen by Jesus. And how beautiful it is that Jesus um, comes to her. Right, you know, like as you were mentioning, like what? Why is a man asking for water at yeah, a well? Yeah. You know, breaking every every convention that could be possible. I mean, first of all, he's a man at a well. He's talking to a woman. You know, that really didn't happen. Uh, he's a Jew. She's a Samaritan. You know, they don't have anything in common. Even for the Jews, they would not use the same utensils as a Samaritan. So when he even said, "Give me some water to drink," she said well, where's your bucket? Because I know you're, you're not supposed to drink out of my bucket, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and it's just a God who just breaks through all of that. Um, on Monday, I, uh, the gospel reading was, be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. And it's the idea that God is, it's not just like he's occasionally merciful, like he is. It's, it's his he nature. He is yeah. merciful. Um, I love what St. John Paul II uh, said, said that... Um, Mercy is an indispensable element of love. It is, as it were, love's second name. That the way that we actually receive God's love is through mercy. And there's that Jewish word, said you so often to describe God's love in the Psalms. And it's a merciful love. It's a combination of love, faithfulness, 
mercy. And so our God, who is love and mercy itself, finds us in these places even where we're hiding right. and desires to, to look at us and to converse with us. And, um, you know, the goal is that we, would, we wouldn't hide you know, that we would allow ourselves to be seen, that we would realize that there, there's nothing he can see that will actually turn him away from us. I think, you know, there's so many things in our own lives that we would prefer to not deal with yeah, yeah. in our own pride, you know, like I'm always so shocked when I sin, <laughs> you know, like I'm always so surprised. God's not surprised, but that's, that's just a reflection of my pride. Like, I can't believe I'm sinful. Like I was like, really? really? Um, and, um, and just that incredible love of a God who humbles himself to be by our well, to be thirsty with us, to suffer with us, to converse with us, um, and, and to show us who he really is, which is love and mercy yeah, itself. Yeah. It's, it's, that's transforming. When, when you, can, you see, that's why it kind of flows when he says, you know, don't judge and you won't be judged. Forgive others. Like if, if your idea of God is, you know, justice and righteousness with the occasional wink, all right, I'll give you a little bit of mercy this time, you know, then that's how we perceive life. But if our God is mercy, if we're worshiping a God who is mercy, then we fully embrace the mercy, and then we naturally share that mercy with everybody else. This is, this is a God that is worth yelling about in the streets yeah, yeah. worth running around to your you've friends. You've got to meet this guy. You've got, to, you've got to meet this guy. I mean, you're not going to believe it. He knows you know, everything, everything, about ab- me. everything about me and he loves me. And that means he knows everything about you and he loves you. And there's nothing you can do that would, you know, stop his love and his mercy. Uh, you just need to come to him. You just need to meet him. You just need to encounter him. And that is, um, you know, that chapter is such a profound example of the message of evangelization, the means of evangelization, the power of sharing the good news with somebody and seeing a transformed life. You, you talked about on the the um, preview or the promotion about the EWTN and uh, University Presents. This week we interviewed, uh, she's a professor of uh, scriptures at Mellow Park in California at the seminary okay. there. Uh, and she does this whole thing on Esther. And it was really, really beautiful. Esther... Uh, one of the wives of the king. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she pointed out was, and she, she actually states that, that the woman is, is part of the genius of woman is that she's able to do this, was to be able to point out the weakness of the king without humiliating him. And I, I, I continue to think about that, is even in the light of this, that, that Jesus sees her weakness, he sees her brokenness, but she's not shamed by that. Right. And that's the difference. I mean, there are some people that, that are more than happy to point out our weakness, not just not <laughs> right. just to point it out, but to literally shame us or to embarrass us or to bring us down a notch. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that Jesus does differently is that in his just profound love for us and his care for us, that that he can show my weakness, my brokenness, and I'm, I'm not condemned, right? Yeah. That, that he, he can actually do it in such a way that spurs me to, you know, I, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And, and, spurs us to go to the sacrament, right? right. The evil one is, says uh, we could see the same thing uh, and we don't want to go to the sacrament. We want to stay away. But Jesus always invites us in. And yeah, it's just it's just a great, it's one of my favorite gospels. In, in you know, just maybe one last thought on that. And I share this with students. You know, if you look at when Jesus brought up her sin, 
it was only when they had a relationship and she said, so what can I do to get this living water? And he says, well, we have, we've got this issue yeah. that we need to deal with. But it wasn't the lead into it. It wasn't, hey, where's your five husbands? Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? You yeah, why didn't you bring, yeah, you know, just, you know, it, and, and that's part of it also, I think, in sharing the faith. It's not about uh, a message that leads with judgment and condemnation. It's an invitation. And for those that want to be a disciple, now we have to deal with the obstacles, you know, that are there. But the obstacles aren't obstacles if you're not heading towards God in the first place. I think that's partly why Pope Francis gets misunderstood because he keeps saying it's about the charisma, it's about the good news. If you don't have the good news preached, none of it means anything. If we're not proclaiming Jesus and love and the living water that only he can give, it's only when somebody wants the water that it's worth talking about what are the th- impediments in your life to getting this water. Otherwise, you're just telling people that you're offending a God who they don't really care right. about in the first right. place. So, yeah, and Jesus isn't saying, and nor are you, that, or nor is Pope Francis, that those things don't matter. Right. They very know, much that, matter if you're yeah, trying to have yeah. a relationship with Amen. the Lord. But yeah. it's a desire for the relationship with the Lord that has to precede that, yeah. or else it just sounds like judgment and condemnation. Amen. Amen. Well, let's let me close in prayer. Sounds good. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, and we thank you that you meet us at our well, that you became flesh and dwelt among us. You meet us in our suffering, that you are love and mercy itself, and that you see us, and you see all of us. Lord, allow ourselves to be open and vulnerable to you, even those parts that we hide from ourselves. Allow us to rejoice in your mercy and be vessels of mercy for others. Uh, Heal us, Lord God, in our suffering. We know you always hear our prayer, and you are present in the midst of it. You don't always answer our prayers the way we desire, but may we know your consolation and your love that brings us to salvation and redemption. May the blessing of Almighty God be upon all of you who are listening, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. Thank you, Bob. And thank all of you for listening, for your emails. Uh, if you'd like to send us promotions, if you just want to say hello. Oh, Heath Garcia had a great email. It said Bob Rice was right about baseball. Thanks, Heath. Pray for Heath. <laughs> Hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. God bless.